This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, uh, I'm just going to, before we get going here tonight, how many of you in here can say, you know, in the last three months, I have seen God bless my life? Wow, look at all the hands. Praise the Lord. So God's still moving. You know, even in what we call this pandemic, God is still on the throne. And, and so I, I want to just stir you up to say, man, believe God. Trust God in these times. Look to God and God will move. And just as Shelly said a minute ago, just stay with the Word of God. And I'm going to give you a big revelation tonight. Facebook is not a Bible or a chapter in the Bible, okay? That's not one of the books of the Bible. And if you're getting all your information from Facebook, woo, I'm telling you, <laughs> you're going to get in trouble, all right? Look, look to the Word of God. And one of the reasons I say that is the Lord Jesus said in, in uh, Mark 16 in the Great Commission, he said, preach the gospel to every creature. And then he warned me through the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and he said, preach the Word of God. Preach the Word of God. And so there must be something that God desires for the Word of God. And so I like to say it this way. When you get into the Word, God will get into you. And when God starts getting in you, man, that, that moves you. It begins to, to cause things in your life to change. And part of the move of God in our life is, number one, this. Quit, quit making excuses and quit blaming other people. Just repent to God for things in your life and say, all right, Lord, do a work in me. Do a work in me. Now, when you start saying do a work in me, God will do a work in you if you'll allow him to do that, okay? Well, God bless you. Have a good evening. We're done for the night now. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I just again want to highlight God, God is still in the business of blessing. And he gives us some incredible guidelines here. So, I'm going to read you here and you online. I'm going to, to Matthew 6 and we'll read verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, he's, he's telling you can. This, this is a possibility. But when he says don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, don't invest everything you have on this thing called earth. And I believe one of the reasons he tells us this is this is just temporary, okay? Just temporary. You're not going to be here for long. 70, 80, 90, 100 years. That's nothing in comparison to eternity. So don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moss, the rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In, invest in heaven. And you know why he tells us to invest in heaven? Because the things in heaven are eternal. Well, when I think about this, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The only thing that I can find that will be eternally in heaven is people. It's people. Think about it. How many of you have ever... Seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> You're not, so you know what it tells me? You're not going to take it with you. And so he's telling us, it's making us aware. 
There's opportunities. And he goes on to say, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, where your money is, where your finances are, there your heart will be also. And so my treasure is a clear indicator of where my heart's at. Now, if you'll know what he says, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. He didn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. No, he said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So your heart follows your treasures. Interesting that he would bring this up. And so I believe this right here, that it's a warning to us. And this was the Lord Jesus. So again, God is not against you being blessed materially. That's not what he was saying there. But there's more than just this life. And so when I catch a hold of the way the kingdom of God moves, man, that's eternal. Thank you for that one amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. Father God, shift our hearts that we become very mindful of our treasures that you've blessed us with. And Lord, grace us tonight to make an impact right here on this earth that will move into eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2, and we'll begin there tonight. Talking about the area of faith. Again, I believe with all my heart that if we feed our faith, we'll starve our doubts. How do you feed your faith? Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. And then one of my favorite ones is there in Joshua 1 where Joshua was told by the Lord four times. He said, Joshua, be strong and a good courage. Be strong in the Lord and a good courage. And then he said in, in Joshua 1, 9, he said, you got to speak the word out of your mouth. You got to meditate on it. You got to think it. You got to recite it that you may ultimately be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And if you read Joshua 1.9, he specifically says, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Stamped, Father God, thus saith the Lord. So again, we're going to try to get the word of God within you tonight. A scripture that I believe will come into play here just with setting the table here. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal. Now, I, I don't believe the thief's goal is to steal your purse or your wallet or your sunglasses, okay? I believe what the thief is after is spiritual treasures, things that will make a difference. He's after your value with God. He's after eternal significance. So we begin Revelations 2, verse 1. And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things is he who holds the seven, the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. So the sevens there that he's writing to is seven churches in seven different cities. If you had time to study, boy, this is a good one to study. If you would go into all of chapter 2 and the majority, if not all, of chapter 3, 
you'll see that both of those chapters are red-letter words. The Lord Jesus writes specifically to seven churches, seven different cities. And so I believe these are an ongoing application for the church to this day. And so this is what he's talking about. To the seven churches I write. Verse 2. I know your works. And this is what Jesus says. I, I know your works and your labor and your patience. I, I've seen what you've done. I've seen your hard work. I've seen your refusal to quit. Now, three times right there to begin with, he says, your works, your labors, and your patience. God and the Lord Jesus are very aware of what we're doing. Now, this is talking to believers. This is talking to the church folk. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. And what he's talking about here is he's saying, you didn't tolerate people that with their personal choices, they lived in sin. You were against that. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. They're imposters. And they have found them to be liars. So he's telling them, you resisted the false teachers. Now, to start off here, it's, it's very evident or clear that Jesus has commended them. He's saying, way to go, way to go. Verse 3, and you have persevered. You know, to walk as a Christian, you're going to have to persevere. It's not always going to be easy. And you have patience. You endured suffering without complaining. And have labored for my namesake. You've done the things you've done because of my name. You've done it in the name of Jesus for the kingdom of God. And have not become weary. Even though you suffered, you wouldn't quit. Even though there was times you were discouraged. You kept on fighting for the namesake of Jesus. Verse 4, nevertheless, you know what nevertheless is in my language? Uh-oh. I have this against you, that you have left your first love, that you've abandoned your first love, that you've walked away from your first love. Now, when he says, you've left your first love, so I sit there and I'm meditating on that and I think, I left my first love. Well, what's that about? I believe it's the day when me and you gave our heart to Jesus. And there was such a passion and I go back to that day and this may bring a remembrance to you that you heard someone teach the Bible. You heard them teach faith. You heard them teaching them about Jesus 
and something ignited on the inside of you called faith and you stepped out by faith and you believed that Father God sent his son to the earth and you got born again. And when that happened, there, there was a pep in your step. There was a joy within you to think, golly, my first love. And he says here, I, this is what I have against you. you. You've left your first love. Now, when I think about it, my first love, it didn't just evaporate. So what happened to it? I believe many times that the devil, the thief, he tries to steal that, that passion, that first love, that simple childlike faith that said, I believe in Jesus because the devil understands if I can get their faith, I got them. And so he's telling them here, the first love. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Don't, don't lose sight of the seriousness of sin or even doubt and unbelief, what doubt and unbelief can do to you. Now here's the, the, the remedy for remember where you've fallen. Repent. Repent. You know what repentance is? It's taking ownership of my choices. Where I look at Father God and I say, Father God, I, I ask you to forgive me of the choices in my life that were whether sinful or disobedience. And one thing you got to really get this in your heart tonight. Don't ever look at repentance as bad. Man, that, that is one of the greatest gifts in all the Bible. Aren't you glad that when you blow it that God doesn't mark you and say, that's it, he's out. Man, when I repent, what the word repentance means, it means it puts me back in right standing relationship with God. So he says, repent. But look what he goes on to say. And do the first works. Do the, fir do the very first thing that you did in the beginning. So what was that? You had that childlike faith and you trusted God. And you just stepped out and you believed God without seeing someone physically. But you heard the scriptures and said, I believe that. Do the first works. Come back to the first works. And he ends and says, or else I will come to you quickly. And remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So what he's talking about here is you may continue to exist, but you're sure not going to be light in darkness. And so he begins to stir within us right here. And I believe what he's talking about here is have an appetite for God's word. Live for God all the days of your life. Do you know I cannot find in the Bible where God has a retirement plan until you desire, until you die? Then you get to go to heaven. But as long as you're on this earth, he said, the just shall live by faith. And he charged us and he said, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight, but it's a good fight. And so to me right here, even in this, 
He's saying, stir up that good fight. Stir up something with you. Get back up on the inside. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to go to Isaiah 6, and then I'm going to jump back into the New Testament to Mark 4. Isaiah chapter 6. Two verses. Isaiah 6, verse number 9. And he said, go and tell this people. Keep on hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing continually, but you don't understand. Keep on seeing, see and see and see continually, but you do not perceive or apprehend with the mind. Verse 9. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears are heavy and shut their eyes. Now, he makes three big points, he says. The heart of the people is dull. Their ears are heavy and their eyes are shut. Every one of these are talking about spiritually. So I begin to look at what he says there right here in the verse 10 at the start. And he says, make the heart of this people dull. This verse right here, it takes us to a place in Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And this is when Jesus strolled back into his hometown. And he was desiring to do miracles and heal. And the people of his hometown said, Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary? And we know his sisters and we know his brothers. And you'll remember in this, this is Mark 6 verse 5. He said, but he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. So the uh, prophet Isaiah right here, this is what he gets to. Right here, he's telling us, because of your stinking unbelief, your heart is dull, even though you may see with your eyes and you may hear with your heart, you still won't believe. So this whole thing, guess what he's talking? He's talking about our faith. We gotta learn to believe God and we gotta trust God. And it goes back to that first love, that childlike faith. And he ends right here and he says, and they understand, they hear with their ears, and they understand with their heart, and they returned and be, be healed. Now the same message right here that softens a receptive heart also hardens an unreceptive heart. And what the uh, uh, prophet Isaiah is here is talking about, their end is caused by their own rejection of God and his word. So on those lines right there, let me ask you, how well do you receive the word of God? Do you receive it with an open heart? Now go with me to Mark 4. And where we're heading to this is just what I said. This is the, the, the parable of the sower. 
This, this, this parable is the granddaddy of them all. And you'll see biblically the Lord Jesus will say out of his mouth, he said, if you don't get this one, you're not going to get none of them. Mark 4, verse 12. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, they won't understand, and hearing they may hear and not understand, they learn nothing, lest they should turn, they should repent, and their sins be forgiven them. And this is just a blueprint of what we've read over and over and over. If you were to go back to the seven churches there in Revelations 2 and 3, to every one of those churches, Jesus would say this, to he who has ears, let him hear. The word there that he's talking about is he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It literally means if you have ears, respond. Respond to the word of God. Okay, verse 13. And Jesus said to them, to the disciples, he said, do you not understand this parable? Now, when he talks about a parable here, it, it's to stimulate an intense thought on spiritual truth. And it gets us to a place. The reason he taught in parables was to get people to a place. You got to respond to the word of God. Verse, or the end of 13. How then will you understand all the parables? There it is. It's the granddaddy of them all right here. Get it, get it. So we're going to get it tonight, okay? The sower sows the word of God. The sower sows the seed of the word of God. Now immediately, you know what the focus is? You got to get in the word. You got to get into the word. You got to get into the word. And so what's going to take place here in these upcoming scriptures that the Lord Jesus is going to list four types of souls, which represents four types of heart. And Jesus likens the heart right here to the types of the soil that the word of God is planted in. Now, I believe personally this is written, written to church folk people. You know why I believe that? Because before you got born again and when you were in the world, did you ever read the Bible? Never. I thought it was useless. But he tells immediately the sower sows the word. Four categories again. I personally believe with all my heart that every one of us in this room are in one of these categories. Now, if you don't like the category you're in, just listen to what Jesus says, and you can change that. So we begin. Verse number 15. And these are the ones that are sowed by the wayside. A better translation says a beaten path. Where the word is sown. Now pay close attention. How is the word sown? When they hear. When they hear. So it tells me immediately the Lord Jesus, when the word of God is sown, it's because I've heard the word of God. You must hear the word of God on a consistent basis. And so when they hear the word of God, Satan comes 
immediately. Satan shows up immediately. And he takes away the word. He snatches away the word that was sown in their hearts. So what you see right here is the word of God was sown, but it never took root in their heart. So this first soil is the result of a hard heart that's influenced by satanic activity. Now, if you've never really read into this right here, it shows me the devil goes to extremes to keep you and me from the Word of God. That ought to tell us something. You know what he knows? Well, some of you won't even know this. You don't even know who Popeye the Sailor Man is. He used to eat a lot of spinach. As spinach was to him, so was the Word of God to us. How do you know that? Matthew 4, 4. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So there's the first one. The second one, verse number 16. These are the ones likewise sown on the stony ground, better stated, gravel, or it is a ground that has no topsoil. Now, if you're any type of gardener and you plant and your topsoil is about that deep, you know how long that plant's going to last? About that long. It doesn't have anywhere to go because there's no topsoil. So to a degree, this is what he's talking about. These are the likewise, the ones stoned on on stony ground, who when they hear the word, they hear the word. Again, it's important we see that. They hear the word. And they receive it with gladness. They receive the word with great joy. But they have no root in themselves. And because they have no root in themselves, they only endure for a time. So what we see right here, their hearts fail to sink in a deep root into the word. And the the result of this is the the level of commitment to do the word is not there. So he goes on to say right here, Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake. As a born-again believer, understand there will be tribulations There will be troubles. There will be persecutions that go with the Word of God. When you start getting in the Word of God, the devil puts a bullseye on you. He's now taking notice of you. You know, when you don't know Jesus and you're a sinner, he doesn't have to waste his time on you. He's got you right where you want. But anytime a believer starts getting in the word of God, number one, he knows that believer, when he understands his authority, everything changes. But two, he doesn't want you passing on the baton. You got to hear the word. You got to hear the word. So he says immediately. They receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves, so they endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They stumble on account of the word of God, and so they are hollow hearted. 
And because they're hollow-hearted, they're dominated by their flesh. I don't like when I get persecuted. I don't like in tribulation. My flesh doesn't like it. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. This is an interesting one. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. What would the cares of this world be? My daily routine. How many of you sometimes in your daily routine, you have more events than hours? Have you ever done that? I mean, you, you've compressed your day where there's nothing left of it. How many of you have ever said this? I need 48 hours in a day. Because the cares of the world. And when we see the cares of the world, he's not necessarily saying these are sinful events. I can line my day up. Man, we got to give Susie to the dentist appointment. Bobby Jack's got football practice. We got dentist appointments. I got to go to Walmart, and that's hours. And after I leave there, I lose my salvation. My wife needs gas. This, And then before you know it, I got to go to bed. The cares of this world. The second one. And the deceitfulness of riches. The seduction of riches. A couple years back, there was an old bumper sticker, and that bumper sticker would say, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And if your last name's Jones, I'm not going after you, but sometimes we do stuff financially just trying to keep, here's the Joneses, trying to keep up with the Joneses. The deceitfulness of riches. Man, if I just had more money. If I just had more money. The next one. And the desires for other things. The cravings for other things. Could be a hobby. Could be, man, I, I just need a vacation. I just need to go to the Bahamas. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things. 1 John 2.16, John wrote this. He said, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I believe the three that Jesus mentions, those are those three. The cares of this world are the lust of my flesh. I'm dominated by my flesh. The deceitfulness of riches is pride, the pride of life. Many times we become, we got money. We got money. You know what money does many times? It causes people to become very, I don't need God, I got money. And the cares of this world, the lust of my eyes. Now look what he says here. They enter in and they Choke the word. They enter in and they suffocate the word. And it, what's the it? The word of God becomes fruit, uh, unfruitful. So with what Jesus said there, the word of God is designed to bring fruit to me and you. And so this one right here, when he talks about everything that he did here, 
It's I'm half-hearted. I'm half-hearted. What I mean by half-hearted, I'm a saint on Sunday, but I'm a sinner on Monday. And, And I'm pulled by the world over and over. Verse 20. Ooh, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Now, this is the one you got to get, okay? These are the ones, they hear the word, and if you go back to all four categories, every one of them heard the word of God. Is hearing the word of God important? It's huge, but there's more to it. They hear the word of God, and they accept it. They receive it. They keep it. They do it. And because of that, they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. And so this is one that has a whole heart. So you see a hard heart, a hollow heart, a half heart, or right here, a whole heart. You're one of those four. Now what I found out, bearing fruit is never the problem with the seed, but the soil that the seed gets into. Wow. Wow. And I got to respond to the word of God. Hebrews 11. This is it. Hebrews 11. Go there with me. If you're watching here by live stream, now go to Hebrews 1, okay? We're going to end this thing tonight on a good one. And I got to get the word in me. Get the word in me and obey it. Grace me, Father God, to be a doer of the word and hearer only. That's James 1. Remember James says this. If you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're deceived. You're deceived. Do the word, do the word, obey the word. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, not tomorrow, but now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the confirmation. Faith is the title deed. Why is faith the title deed? Because faith is a byproduct of the word of God. You want faith? You got to get into the word. Faith comes by hearing again. One of the ways faith is released is I got to speak it out of my mouth. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak, okay? So when you start putting the word in, start speaking it out. Speak it out and speak it out boldly. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I believe the, the silent theft of one of the most crucial elements in our spiritual walk is my faith. Can I give you a definition of faith? My total dependence and trust on God. This is the silent thief that the devil goes after because it's our only foundation to acquire the things of God. You can't get born again without faith. So he goes on to say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. Just because I can't see it with my physical eye doesn't mean it's not real. Prove it to me. How many of you have ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. But living in this part of the world, I'm a firm believer of the wind. Believe it or not, every now and then I can still have a bad hair day. Looks worse than Donald Trump's on some days. I shouldn't have said that. So when he says, the evidence of things not seen, 
When I become a person of faith, I develop a second type of sight. I see more than the problem. I see more than the difficulty. I see more than the circumstance. I see God. I see the promises of God. And when I look at the Word of God, remember the Word of God's your title date. You find when it's written, you can always tell the devil it's finished. Right here, here's the title date. This is what the Word of God says. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith living within us, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must, 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 must believe that he is a reward and rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So nothing counts if faith is missing. That childlike faith. And so I think about this, that this may, this may define you. There's times in my life that I will pray just like that over anything and everything. If you tell me what's going on, I say, come on, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. But if I'm not careful, I, I, I lose that edge. And I quit doing those things. And to me, it's like, man, I, I, I got to get back around the things of God. I got to let that first love come back alive in me. I got to get that, that zeal and that passion. And if this isn't you, if you're not a person that just gets stirred to say, we're going to pray. When the going gets tough, you know what we do? We just pray in Jesus. We believe God. But if that's not you... If you can say right now, fellas, I, I, I think I've been robbed of this. This doesn't identify me. Man, I believe God wants to stir up in you that vibrant, that first love that says, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. I'm, I'm going to trust God. Just stand up here with me. First love, Lord. Move with us. Move within us a passion and a diligence. Ooh, I want to walk by faith and not by sight. I want to trust God all the days of my life. And I remember many of you, you may have never heard of Kenneth Hagin, but in 1952, the Lord appeared to him in a vision and he said to him, he said, teach my people faith. Teach them faith. And he said, why, Lord? And he said, it's impossible to please him without faith. It's impossible. And so I look at this this has to be one of the foundational principles for every one of us. You bow your head here. Let's pray. Father God, we stand before you today. and Lord, if that first love has been stolen, been put on the back shelf of our lives, Lord, right, right now we ask you, stir, stir that up. And that may be you. Just raise our hands to heaven. That's me. I... I can never not have enough faith. Lord, you keep moving in us. And Lord, stir that back up, that, that, that vibrant faith, that passion. That Lord, whether if it's in our lives, our homes, or children, or we hear of ones, we look and say, we're going to pray. 
We're going to stand in the name. Our God is the God who meets needs. Our God is the God who heals. Our God still sets the captives free. Our God still, he gives peace when there's been no peace. Our God still helps ones that are struggling. And that may be you tonight. You say, man, I got about a half a nostril out from drowning. That's okay. You're still breathing. But Lord, right here, stir up within faith. And Father God, move in our hearts not only to hear the word of God, but we accept it. And we respond to you and we become doers of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.